0: Welcome back to yet another episode of Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. We never told you how much or how little it might suck less after these episodes. There's only one way to find out, and the answer may surprise you. Every Friday, we read and review a popular self-help book, and we share with you the highs, the lows, the great nuggets of wisdom, and the maybe problematic ideas that the book has to offer. The point is, in an ideally lighthearted way, we will, in under an hour, give you a sense of whether the book is worth your time to read and purchase and support the author and let it seep into your psyche, or as one listener said on a previous episode, spoon peanut butter into the gears of your life, or if you should just avoid it and move on because life is short and there's just too many good books to read to spend time on the bad ones. So we are reading the book so that you don't have to. But today is not a book review. This is our weekly booth. And this is where we explore anything and everything that's not a book that is still intense, hardcore self-help. And we also, on our Patreon, Lisa and I do very candid, honest, personal, funny, surprising conversations about our experiences trying something from each book. So if you really want to see what it's like for us to walk the walk and not just talk the talk, we really try to be in the arena when it comes to trying this stuff because it's not easy. And I'm hoping that someday I'll self-actualize and just like poof onto a tropical island somewhere where everything is mm. warm and friendly. I don't think that's how it works. And there are a lot of puppies. No, no I read a book
1: once that said that, so it's true. Oh, yep. I didn't hear you cover it on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. So
0: if you would if you're looking for ways to support the podcast just for a couple of bucks a month, you can get access to that. So very exciting. We're so glad you're here. We also have merch. If you want to buy some cute teas, baby, and other cool stuff, just flick and press with your thumb. It's right there in show notes, baby. And with that, oh, by the way, this is Misty Stinnett. That's Lisa (laughs) Linky. She's so great. I'm such a fan. Lisa, what you got for us?
1: Misty, I have a je provoque today, a thought-provoking question. We got a listener email a little while ago. And it was very intense and emotional and it was right before the election and then we Mm -hmm. had the holidays. So we have just recently responded, but...
0: Well, real quick, can you tee up what a je provoque is for anybody new who's joining us?
1: Oh, a thought-provoking question, yes. I call it a je provoque.
0: Yeah, and what it is is... When one of us asks the other one as you provoke, the other has
1: never heard it before. Oh, that's a good. So piece it's of.
0: totally surprising, and nothing has been prepared on my end for what's coming up. That is essential
1: context. You are correct. Thank I you forget so much. that part. So anyway, this person wrote about the end of a friendship, a fifteen-year-long friendship. Mm. They gave a lot of detail, and <laughs> when we were writing back, I really felt. For this person, I felt very protective of them (laughs) Mm -hmm. because they were treated very poorly. And so they asked, have you ever had experience with not having closure after the end of a relationship? And here's the question. (laughs) How do I stop wishing for a friend who was so awful to me, but I was close to for so long? Ah, what a great question. I know, I'll offer up because this is a complicated layered question and I just sprung it on you. So I'll offer up what I I wrote, which was that when I started therapy, I lost friends because I started learning how to set boundaries and they were not comfortable with that. That was Mm -hmm. new for them because prior to, I think a lot of our relationship and friendship, as she described in this email, was me really being of service to my friends, Mm -hmm. doing whatever they asked, you know, being so helpful, doing a lot of the emotional and physical labor of the, like, yeah. of the relationship. And then when I started setting boundaries, that was really uncomfortable for them because I stopped being the friend that they were used to. Mm-hmm. And when I put up boundaries that they didn't like, they we kind of ended our friendship. Yeah. And uh, I think what my therapist helped me was to stop focusing on what they did or didn't do and start focusing on what I needed Mm -hmm. or what I would have wanted them to say or what I would want in my next friendship. You know, now that I've kind of leveled up a little bit, like what would I want my next friend to do or say? What kind of qualities would I want my friend to have? Because focusing on the situation that I had isn't really helping me move forward in that sense, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm really focusing on all these qualities that they had that weren't helpful to me or weren't fulfilling to me and weren't building intimacy. Yeah. So I started focusing on, well, these are the kind of friendships that I want. I want Mm -hmm. people who can build intimacy, who are emotionally mature, who are thoughtful and caring, who I feel like I can be vulnerable with, right? Like Mm -hmm. I started focusing on those things. And I mean, the grief is the grief. Like you can't get around it.
0: Yeah. You have to
1: get through it. But it helped me to kind of set some standards for my future relationships.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. And it's hard, hard work. And that all really deeply resonates. Can you read the question to me one more time? Because I want to make sure I've got the wording of it
1: right. She said, how do I stop wishing for a friend who was so awful to me, but who I was close to Mm -hmm. for so long?
0: Yeah. So here is the rub. You don't have to stop wishing for them. You don't yeah. have to stop wanting them. You don't have to stop being sad that it didn't work. And I think this is the complexity of grief, because it's like you're saying, Lisa, like, this is grief. It's the loss of a relationship, and, and any relationship is inherent hope. The hope that we'll be together forever yeah. or a long time, the love that we share between each other and— clearly there was something that you liked enough about this person you know some something was working on some level to keep you being friends for so long and i've had a really significant relationship end in the last couple of years and i've never stopped wishing it were another way right and i think there's a difference between moving towards acceptance okay this is what happened in untangling the, but I wish it weren't like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, my therapist also gave me very similar advice, Lisa, which is like focus on what you need and pour the energy into that. But also, you know, we just covered the book Ritual. And I think there's a lot of power in holding even a little funeral for the relationship. Mm. That, that is no longer here. You can mm-hmm. light a candle. You can write things that you loved about it on one piece of paper, things that You can were burn really down hard. their house. You can burn down their house <laughs> when they're not in it and all the pets are out. Yeah, but no, truly, like, truly, like, lighting a candle and having a eulogy for the friendship that was, you know, different things are going to work for different people, but putting a ceremony about it, Mm -hmm. going to therapy if you have the means to is really helpful, opening up to other friends that you trust about it. And honestly, uh, the other thing about grief is like, I used to think like, oh, I'll be sad or I won't. I'll be grieving or I won't. You know, like I'm well or I'm feeling unwell. But the truth is sometimes you just have to fold in the loss into your being and trust that you're making really great decisions moving forward anyway, you know? Do, you. that's
1: beautifully said.
0: Thank you. Yeah, that's what I always say about my dad dying. You know, it's like, I'm never gonna get over that. I'll never be over it. I will never ever wish that it didn't, you know, that he wasn't still here with me. And instead I just fold the grief into my insides in a way that allows me to walk through the world and still stand up straight. Yeah, I think just acknowledging that like, this could always be a little ping for you. And that is just honoring the connection that you did have. I love that. I love that. I wish it were more
1: cut and dry.
0: I wish I could be like, light three incenses and take a bubble bath and they'll be gone from your body forever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just also think, you know, I didn't receive permission to read this, this email, but there was a lot of behavior from the friend that she lost that was really immature and mm. not not deserving of this person's friendship. I guess I would just want to say you know, Missy, you talked about expanders too, which mm-hmm. are people that come into your life yeah for however long and help you recognize you know, maybe a broader definition of what you can have.
0: Yeah, so, or what you don't want.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? So maybe this person helped you both recognize behaviors that you don't want from a friend? Yes. There are potential red flags in the future that you won't tolerate and also recognize what you deserve,
0: mm. which is somebody
1: who is as emotionally mature as you or, or more, mm-hmm. you know, who is willing to share the emotional labor in a, yeah. in a friendship, yeah. who is willing to be vulnerable and hold space and be intimate with you. And you deserve, everybody deserves those things. Everybody deserves those things.
0: Absolutely. And it's so painful when we can see the potential in the other person to be what we need them to be for us. And they're just not doing it. And and that really sucks. And so, another practical kind of pointer that my therapist gave to me was keep a list on you. If you're really struggling with this, keep a list on you of why it didn't work why that friendship or that relationship or that job really didn't work. Because it's easy when you're just, you know, away from it and feeling lonely to get caught up in the nostalgia and romanticize. But you can take out that list and you can read it and go, oh, right. And just keep focusing on that. And then the other thing that really helped me is understanding that we all have a logical part of our brain and then we have the emotional part. So the logical part of you may go like, I know it didn't work and I did the right thing and I trust myself in that. And then the emotional part is going, oh, my God, I'm so fucking sad I lost my friend.
1: Yeah, and, and honoring that both registers of this registers as physical pain. Yeah, yes. it really does in the brain.
0: Yeah, and so honoring all parts of it and recognizing that this is wholeness and actually feeling your feelings is a really really important sign of wellness. Mm-hmm. If you were just yeah. totally numb about the whole thing, that might actually be a sign of less wellness than I'm so deeply sad because it means your body's yeah. feeling it and expressing it. So, we just really feel for you and want to validate how hard yeah. that is and encourage you to lead yourself, you know, and and do parent that inner child that's hurting right now. You know?
1: Yeah, take does she, care of yourself, whatever you she, need.
0: Yeah, does she need a comforting meal? Does she need a slow night where everything's only lit by candlelight because the everything else feels blinding and oppressive? Yeah. You know, so uh, thank you so much for reaching out to us with your story. And just know you're not alone. And, and we all go through some version of this. And it's so fucking uniquely hard every time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uniquely hard and also totally universal, so you are not alone,
0: yeah, yeah. Like every time this happens, it's like specifically
1: painful and also totally relevant. part of the human part of the deal of being a, alive on this blue marble. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you for writing. and thank you, Misty, for partaking in that je provoke yeah, which I you. sprung on you.
0: And for anybody who wants more feedback like this or shared life experiences, we're always happy to share, this is why we created the Patreon community, so that we can have a more intimate and vulnerable space with those of you who are most engaged, because it feels like a really safe space to do that in. So if you have questions like these, Lisa and I are always happy to put up a bonus video response episode mm-hmm. in Patreon. So please email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com and request whatever is on your mind and we'll make it happen for you.
1: Yeah. May everybody's ability to show up for themselves and take care of themselves in, in the midst of grief be, be abundant. abundant. Go Help Yourself was produced by Misty Stinnett and Lisa Linke. Our theme song was written by the inimitable Matt Sav. Inimitable.
0: There's nothing we love more than hearing from you. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. We're also at gohelpyourselfpodcast on Instagram and at G-H-Y podcast on Twitter. And you can go old school and check out our website at gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. It basically is a fancy PowerPoint slide. If you liked our podcast, <laughs> please subscribe, rate, and review because it helps